week on Vinyl Analysis, we talk to the one and only Dennis DeYoung. We break down the Styx Paradise Theater album. I walk to an art gallery and there's a painting called the Paradise Theater, oddly enough. It's a painting of a, a theater that's really run down in some urban area. The marquee says, Paradise temporarily closed. And I looked at that and I said, well, apparently that's a metaphor for the United States. This is Vinyl Analysis. I am your host, Arch Madness. Joining me in the... What do we have a... What the hell is this? What kind of place is this, Greg? I mean, we, to, we should call it this something. Is the Den of Sin. Ah, perfect. Let me... Hold on, dude. Write that, I'm gonna down. Write that down. The Den, the Den of, of Sin. Sin. Along with me, my producer, Greg Hansberry. <laughs> Yo. Yo, dude. What's up, man? It's been a while, man. It's been a while. I'm excited. Here's the deal. Let me, let me get you guys caught up. Uh, producer Greg and myself... We have some amazing things planned. We have a fall launch that uh, NASA <laughs> would be proud of. But uh, we're going to really kick in the vinyl analysis, uh, get it back to where it needs to be as far as uh, bringing in some some reoccurring characters, if you will. Stuff yeah. like that. Just things that we have with the first run that we think will work in this second run. And uh, we've got some cool things planned for you. But that that's neither here nor there. That'll be towards the end of the summer, start of the fall. But I'm telling you right now, in the Den of Sin here in the Vinyl Analysis Studios. Like it, the Den you of are, Sin. <laughs> what, we're, what you are getting on this episode is a artist, artist edition. edition. Let me take you back. This would have been back in 1981. Okay. The summer of. I had a lawn mowing gig. And when I say I had a lawn mowing gig, it was, it was my house. It was my aunt's house right across the drink there in uh, Weemstown, West Virginia. Gotcha. Drink beers, go ears. And then also I had a, another house in the neighborhood that I mowed lawns for. So uh, as a 10 or 11-year-old kid here, I was making some cash, and it was really, really cool. Sure. I went to the record store, and I purchased, with my own money, my first two albums. Now, I had had other records that my parents had bought for me. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the case this trip. I bought Styx, Paradise Theater, and Queen, The Game. Nice. Today's Artist, Artist edition. edition will be with Dennis DeYoung of Styx. Awesome. And we are going to talk about Styx, Paradise Theater. So cool. So Dennis is in, uh, is in town in Columbus, Ohio. That's where we broadcast from. That is actually where the Den of Sin is located. <laughs> Okay, and he's he's in town. He's playing a gig at the at the Columbus Zoo. They got an amphitheater there. Pretty, can, he's pretty badass. If you've ever seen it, it's it's a really really cool venue. The whole it, zoo is awesome, by the way. If you're listening in, well, we are we uh, are Norway. members. Yes, uh, if you're in Norway, just know that the Madness family mm -hmm. has been members for the last ten yeah, years. Right. So, <laughs> anywho, uh, Dennis DeYoung, the singer of Sticks, talks about the album Sticks Paradise Theater. 
Now, granted, he hasn't been in sticks in I don't know how many years, and and quite honestly, it's a very, very well documented uh, fight. Yeah, I don't think feud. they're talking anymore. No, it's it's over. It is over. But it, it gave me a chance to talk to Dennis. Now, Dennis, in this in this interview that you're going to hear, he talks about the show coming up and all that good stuff. But there's some other really, really cool things in this interview. He talks about the album, Paradise Theater. He also talks, and we are looking at this year, the 40th anniversary of the Grand Illusion album. Wow. He talks about that as well. It's an equally epic yeah, record. There's, just, there's some good things in this interview that I think you guys, the vinyl analysis of fans, will dig. So without further ado, here is Dennis DeYoung. We're going to get into Sticks Paradise Theater, but you are listening to Vinyl Analysis. How you doing, Art? <laughs> oh, Dennis, Dennis. What, you Ladies know, and gentlemen, I want you to tell you what kind of a guy you, you listen to on the radio. I said, hey, I'm supposed to call in now. And he says, hi, Archie. And I said, hey, it's Jughead. And then he talked to me for like, what was it, about an hour? Thinking I was <laughs> At least, doctor. at least, at least. And yeah, maybe it was five minutes. You know, one of the most iconic voices in rock and roll, and it took me about 30 seconds to realize that he was messing with me, and he was the one I was talking to. That's because so. I didn't go, Lady, when you're with me, I'm smiling. If I had done that, he would have known. That would have, uh, the cat would have been out of the bag at that point, Dennis. Hey, hey, Dennis, uh, how's your summer going so far, man? Well, I've been working. You yeah. know, I, um, I have a paper route, <laughs> and Edward D. Jones calls me for stock tips. <laughs> Oh. Jones, who are those people? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm playing. This is it. Are you ready? I'm going to have a T-shirt made. I'm doing 70 shows this year, and I turn 70. So the T-shirt's going to say, Dennis DeYoung, 70 at 70. Dennis, you, you recently did a show in my hometown of Marietta, Ohio, in a very, very famous theater in, in all of Ohio, the Colony Theater. I have family and friends still talking about that and what an amazing time it was and how great you sounded and how much fun it was. Columbus is in for a treat on Thursday. They are. Can I have the Eurotas numbers? I'd like to talk to them. They can tell me how wonderful I am every day. <laughs> Just for five minutes. Is this too much to ask from radio? That's all you need, Dennis, Dennis right? Oh, Dennis, yes. You, you sang so much. <laughs> did, you, yeah. did you? I mean, you are having fun out there, Dennis. They said you could tell he was having a blast. And that's, that's one of the most... That's the biggest compliment you can get as an artist, right, when you're on stage. Yeah, my band is having fun. For me, it's an act. You're just kidding, aren't you? That's all. <laughs> That's how good I am. Uh, look, here's what it is. I'm going to go to Columbus this week and Dayton. Can you imagine? In the same breath. A lot of Buckeye love there. And, and, and I was just in Marietta. You know what I think you should do? What's that? You've got you to enforce your borders better. Do you think? Well, that's, I think you should build a wall and get Indiana to pay for it. <laughs> I think West Virginia would pay for it on the southern end. I don't know. They want, they want open borders <laughs> down there. They want you to be able to freely come across. And I just played in West Virginia. Lovely people. Oh, my hey, God, yes. What are we talking about? Does it matter? No, no. Just just your summer. You did a gig at my hometown, and we're yeah, looking yeah, forward yeah, to yeah. having you I on remember, Thursday. I remember your relatives. They were noisy. They were. <laughs> that's them. Yeah, they stood up and they, they they started yelling Aerosmith when I did Babe. I went, please, can can you just take it easy? You know, Dennis, and I've got Dennis DeYoung on the line with you right now. Uh, the Grand Illusion, you know, QFM celebrating 40 years. Uh, the Grand Illusion celebrating 40 years. Did, did you, 
I thought I heard where you were going to perform it in its entirety this summer. Has that already taken place? I did it on, on the day it was released. Nice. On the 7th of July in 1977. Obviously, we didn't play it then, but on 7, 17, 7, 19, what is this, 2007. No, I think. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. On 7, 7, 2017, we did it in at the St. Charles Theater. It's just outside Chicago. Start to finish with no interruptions. And then this, we came back out and played like a greatest hit show, the second act. And the people... You know, it was sold out to the max, standing room only. Of course, it was only eight seats. But that's <laughs> not the point. <laughs> it's not the point. And people bought them. Think about it. I, I, you know what I was thinking I should do? What's that, bro? I should I should charge $250,000 a ticket. Oh. All I got to do is sell one. That's it. That's it. Good night. Um, anyway, it went great. Um, we're going to do it again. There, there's a theater in Chicago. Actually, actually, it's in Merrill, Indiana, which is like just outside of Chicago. Star Plaza, it's been, out, it's been there for years, and they're closing it up. And the Oak Ridge, Oak Ridge Boys uh, play their Sunday night. That's the last show we play Saturday. We're going to do the Grand Illusion again then. Good deal. We might take it to a couple of the places next year because it went over well. But, you know, there you go. So we did it in 40 years, and uh, I can tell you right now, if you'd have told me that I'd be on the radio talking about playing someplace, right? Yeah, no, no, I'm Back with you, then, man. Yeah, my no. My sphincters would have been a lot more relaxed. It would <laughs> You'd have settled in a lot more uh, comfortably. And I would have been on Easy Street. See, and if my relatives are there, you do the Grand Illusion. That's enough for some people. They're still gonna they're still gonna yell Desert Moon at you. So it's gonna happen, Dennis. I played Desert Moon. Oh, and I'm gonna play it. Uh, oh. Are we Friday there, Saturday? What, Thursday, what, what, Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Yes, sir. When Columbus Thursday, Dayton on Friday. Yeah, we'll play Desert Moon that night too. And uh, wait, I'm coming in a day early because uh, I have I have relatives at the zoo. Did I tell you this? No. Yeah, they're in the monkey house. Oh, oh, cut it out. Oh, stop Come on, it, Archie. Dennis. I'm trying. It's like, I, it, for me, it's like getting an hour and a half into 60 minutes. I, I this is a lot to take in here. I know there is, but you know, for your audience, they've already tuned out. And I don't think so. Okay. They, they love you, Dennis. They, 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 we're good to go. We're well, good to go. I'm going to come to Columbus. You know what people are going to say to me? What's that? Thank you for coming to Columbus. They're going to thank me. As if I'm there on a mission of mercy. Well, the it's songs to me that Pete, I'm seventy. Usually by this time, you know, we're looking to uh, put them on Medicaid and forget about them. And people are telling me what an impact what I chose to do for a living had on their had on their lives. And I think, how? Listen, Archie, how did that happen? Yeah. Well, I, don't, I must have my way to go play, you know, play a concert someplace, and then that happened. Well, this is a great segue. Talking about what your music has meant to people over the years, Dennis. Uh, I also have a segment. It's called Vinyl Analysis, and, and I look back at records that were very, very important to me. And I want to talk to you about Paradise Theater. Reason being, and and full disclosure, the summer of '81, I had a, a lawn mowing job. I know you were a, a paper boy back in the day. I was. But but my lawn mowing job, the first time I bought my own record, and I bought two that day with the money that I saved up. I bought Sticks Paradise Theater and I bought Queen the Game. And those those two records still, Dennis, to this day, mean so, so much to me. I would love to talk to you about Paradise Theater. I didn't say ask me anything you like. You know, look when I hear that stuff, <clears throat> which I do often, it doesn't go in, in one ear and out the other. It absolutely um validates my decision to do what I did for a living because you know, when you're starting out, I took risk to become a musician because I actually had a, I was a teacher and I had a wife and a, and a baby before I got a record contract. 
And when I hear it, I think, okay, that's one of the decisions you make correctly in your life. Now about the other 50, you imbecile, but this was a good one. <laughs> right, right. That record, Dennis, sandwiched in between Cornerstone and, and Kilroy, talk about the writing, the recording, the concept itself for Paradise Theater is just so cool. 1980, it was a presidential um, primary season between Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan, and anyone who lived through the 70s knew there was, um, you know, there was some pretty strange occurrences in the 70s in the United States. And by, by the time we got to Jimmy Carter in 1980, at the end, <clears throat> with his sweater telling us to turn on the heat, that was the situation we were in as a country. You know, the once great, proud nation had, had suffered through Watergate in the Vietnam War, the oil embargo, and uh, the Iranian hostage crisis. There was a lot of stuff. So... That was the backdrop. I walked to an art, an art gallery, and there's a painting by Robert Addison, Robert Addison, Chicago painter, called the Paradise Theater, oddly enough. And it's a, um, it's a, it's a painting of a, um, a theater that's really run down in some urban area. And um, the marquee says, Paradise temporarily closed. And I looked at that, and I said, well, apparently that's a metaphor for the United States. So I bought it. I brought it home. I showed it to the guys in the band. I says, you know what we're going through right now as a country? Seems like a turning point, some sort of pivot and um, that's necessary. And so I, I told them this, we should you know, try to make this a concept album based on that fact. Now, like all concept albums, <clears throat> not every song uh, plays directly to the concept. I guess maybe right. the best ones do. Right. But listen, I don't know what uh, Dark Side of the Moon is about. Do you? I got no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, it's some sort of concept. Well, I don't know. But it, hey, listen, you know what makes good conceptual albums? Good songs. If you've got a great concept and lousy songs, who cares? If you've got a mediocre concept and great songs, that's well, good. This is good. So we set out on the course of trying to make a great album. And um, that's how it started. Now, the pivotal song in the record, I should say, then, is obviously Rockin' the Paradise, which sets the tone about the whole, about the whole doggone thing where I stayed. Uh, you know, basically, I say, uh, don't need no, when we're talking about our people in our country, we don't need no fastbook, lame duck profits for fun, no quick trick plans, take the money and run. We need the long term slow burn, getting it done, and some straight talking, hard working son of a gun. Son of a gun, man. This was my theory of what the country That's... was built on. <sighs> and um, in my mind, um, Paradise Deer was going to reflect that. And it does. And so. The recording of it was done at Pumpkin Studios, a little studio on the south side of Chicago, actually in Oakland, Illinois, to be specific, one of the suburbs. And we did it um, over a period of months there in 1980. So at the very last, uh, Tommy was having writer's block on that album. He had had such a, um, a wonderful um, uh, a deal with, um, with, with uh, think, Pieces of Eight. Yes, <laughs> and, yes. Um, uh, Cornerstone, great contributions. Yeah, this happens to you. You hit a dry spell. And we were waiting for that great Tommy song, Shaw song. And then just before we're going to record, we were all rehearsed. He came up with too much time. Mm. And that was, you know, that, that's when we knew, okay, now we got something here. And, um, and there you go. And so the album came out, and we did this rather elaborate stage uh, production, which was, I think, still for the Sticks fans, their favorite of all the shows. I think the Paradise Theater was the most attended of all our concerts because it was the longest tour as well. Did it in, uh, in Europe and Scandinavia and Japan. 
So um, it was a very, very successful album. It was our only number one album. And um, when I look back at it, I think, you know, I, I just played nothing at Barbosa's plan. My son's band, I was doing a benefit for my, my niece who had cancer, <clears throat> and I hadn't sung that song since 1981. And he likes the song, his band learned, and I just stepped on the stage with with the lyrics in my hand, trying to figure out, how does this go? And we did it. And I thought, and I, I listened to the album, I thought, this is this holds together pretty well. Oh, sure does. And, and, and Dennis, said, selfish reasons here, I'm going to bring this story up, but I still have a circle of friends when one of us, to this day, if one of us says to each other, what are you doing tonight? Somebody in the group always says, what you doing? What you doing? Yeah, it's you still, it's, you know, it became kind of a, a thing in our circle of friends. I mean, it's just, it was such an amazing record. It was iconic for sure. Uh, one song in particular that I want to talk about, uh, Nothing Ever Goes As Planned. One of my favorites off this, we usually pick a, a favorite off of it, but this is one of my favorites, An Island Feel. Almost, Dennis. And I've always thought like a reggae band, like a UB40 or somebody should have grabbed that and, and ran with that. I, I got to tell you the truth. That was, you know, my son, who is a drummer, is also the guy at my lighting tech. He does all my lights. That's his, one of his favorite yeah. uh, songs by Sticks by me. And I keep thinking, am I missing something? Anyway, I think we, we did all different kinds of, um, I would what stylistic mood shifts in the, in the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> If I had it to do over again, I think I would make it all reggae. Yes, yes. The second verse is still my favorite, just by the fa- the feel of it. You go to work, you go, all that stuff. That, that That's my favorite uh, verse in the whole thing. And then, with the horns, it's, it's a nice funky feel. Love that. Still love that. Not going to make you pick a favorite child or anything like that, but there's a, is there a song oh, off Paradise Theater? Is there, <laughs> is there a favorite song off Paradise Theater that you like to play? Um. Yeah, uh, best of times. Best of times, man. Right best on. Best of times because you know it's what I don't know how it happened. It's probably because my former bandmates have not sung that song live in twenty years. Um. But I know when I play that song, wherever I am, Arch, it doesn't matter if I'm playing in a, in a, in a big fair someplace where people came just because there was a like I say a roller coaster and a hot dog and the band, uh, or I'm playing from my my specific hard ticket audience that comes to see me in the performing arts centers, Best of Times is a huge hit with everybody, and it doesn't get played on the radio enough. That's all there is to it. Uh, and I know it has great meaning to people, because they tell me, and I see how they lock arms and they sing. So I, for me, it's Best of Times. It best sums up my theory of what a strong relationship and love can do when one has to face the um, inconsistencies and, shall we say, the tragedies that befall you, uh, you know, existing in the greater world. And so if you've got that, that foundational love, uh, it helps you get through the rough times. And that's what Best of Times is about. Wow. What, what, what an honor. The Water's Edge Amphitheater this Thursday. Dennis DeYoung, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing these stories with me, Dennis. It means a lot. We'll see you out there. And remember, you're at the zoo. No petting the band. That was my interview with Dennis DeYoung, a very, very uh, energetic guy, uh, really, the, to to be where he is in his career and, and still have that kind of pep. It was interesting, and he brought it up there at the beginning, and I and I kind of wanted that to play out, and then I would bring it up here in the in the recap of this artist, artist edition. edition. When he called me, Greg, yeah. 
usually you have like a handler, and sure. I've had dentists before. Okay. And there's so have a like, lot of people. So yeah, so <laughs> yeah. it's a thank you very much. So it was the seventies. It was crazy. But no, he he. They would say, "Hey, I've got Dennis DeYoung for you," or I'm talking to a guy. He's goofing around with me. Right, he's like, "Hey, yeah, we got yeah. Dennis in about ten minutes. Whatever." You've got eight minutes. with Yes. Him. Yeah, and and keep it quick and yeah. don't bring up this. Yeah. Right. So, anyway, he, he calls. He called, and I was kind of thrown off. And he was, "Hey, uh, gee, this is Jughead," and he was doing the whole Archie character oh, no thing. Yeah, that stuff. And I couldn't tell, so I was kind of playing along. And then about 30 seconds into it, I'm like, Dennis? And I swear, he goes, and I edited, I cut it out because it was kind of embarrassing at that point. I go, Dennis? And he, and because I didn't know if it was some other dude from sure, Chicago sure, sure, that sure. had that yeah, kind of accent yeah, yeah. and was kind of rolling with it Just there. Some, it was yeah, one of his fun. childhood buddies that's now his manager. I, I didn't right. know what the hell Bus was going driver. on. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, Jesus Christ, Archie, how long you been in this business? And I was like, oh, well, a long time, Dennis. But but anyway, it was just, it was really, really funny how that all kind of shook out there. Uh, interesting interview. Still, really, and I'm not kidding, guys, he really is one of the more iconic voices of rock and roll. Even though he's not part of the band anymore, a lot of those hits through those late 70s, 80s are him are all him, the way. Are him, man. Yeah, are him. Yeah, yeah. Now, from this record, and I know we like to put a companion with our good friends yeah. from... We do a Spotify playlist, a, a music pairing. Yeah, a music pairing. So you can listen to some of the songs that we talk about, some of the songs that Dennis talk about. Uh, QFM96.com, you can listen to that. All right, so if, if you go that route, gang, the songs that we have to play that Dennis talked about, uh, Rock in the Paradise is one of those. Um, too Much Time on My Hands. I know you were saying that you love that song. I think that's my favorite song off the record. That's my pick. Uh... It reminds me of my buddy Pat, who's a drummer. It's just a good drummer it's, oh, song. Oh, it's a great beat. It's a great yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool. I didn't know, if, I couldn't tell if he was kind of calling out Tommy Shaw for having the writer's cramp right, there right. or what was going on. I'm sure that was, we'll look back and that was kind of a dick move. <laughs> we'll look back at that. <laughs> oh, I wonder why they're not talking anymore. Yeah. Uh, Nothing Ever Goes As Planned, which is one of my favorite songs on the album. And, and I told him that. I, I think still that is a song that I would love to see a reggae band cover. Uh, <laughs> but let me throw another song at you, and it's something I didn't really get to talk about. If I, if I ever did a vinyl analysis on this record with James Young, mm -hmm. J.Y. J.Y. Young, yeah. I would do Half Penny, Two Penny. Okay. That legitimately is my favorite song on the record. All right. But as far as the Dennis songs go... Yeah, Nothing Ever Goes As Planned was kind of cool because it was never really played on the radio, but was still kind of a jam. Sure. And those are always cool. Uh, the Best of Times, that was something that Dennis talked about. Still one of his favorite songs to play. And and I agree with him. When you think about the Come Sail Aways and you think about the the other lady mm -hmm. and, the, and the other the ballads, like ballads right. that, that he wrote for the band, The Best of Times kind of gets shoved in, in into the background there a little bit. Right. And, and that's that's a classic song. It's great. It really is. So so there you go, as far as that goes. And then one other song that we talked about, his solo song, Desert Moon. Man, if you're hanging out with some old high school buddies and that song comes on, good luck. Is yeah. it dusty in here? <laughs> is it a little dusty in here? It's got something in my eye. My contact's hurting. So there you go. That was an artist edition of Vinyl Analysis. Dennis DeYoung, we did Sticks Paradise Theater. Hope you enjoyed it, for sure. And uh, until we talk again, for Greg Hansberry, I'm Arch Madness, and this has been Vinyl Analysis.
at the zoo, no petting the band.